Welcome to Equality Education, a show about inclusive teaching, supportive parenting, and a kinder future. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Equality Education with me, Ollie Pike. How are you? Thanks for being here and listening to what is the very first episode ever of this podcast. Excitement, yes. So the idea behind this podcast is me sharing with you lots of advice on how to navigate equality education for children and young people, specifically LGBTQ plus education, because that is my area of expertise because I am a gay man and I've spent roughly the past six years creating LGBTQ plus inclusive content for primary age children in an effort to create a more accepting society for future generations. And it's been awesome. I absolutely love it. Uh, I love what I do and I've learned so, so much from doing it. And one thing that I have really learned over the years is how important an ally is. An ally being someone who is perhaps not directly part of your minority group and perhaps someone who will never fully understand what your struggle is, but they are someone who stands with you. Someone who fights for your freedom and your equality. So today, I really want to kick off this podcast by attempting to be an ally. Now, It was my original plan with this podcast to start with LGBTQ plus themes and eventually weave in other elements of equality before later exploring them further. But right now, there is no way I can launch a podcast about equality, about diversity and about acceptance. A podcast called Equality Education without first addressing this issue. I am, of course, talking about the protests which have been taking place in America following the death of George Floyd. You know, back in 1969, in a little place called the Stonewall Inn, there were protests. And as queer people today, we owe everything to those protests. Everything. Because that was the beginning. The beginning of queer liberation and the beginning of our freedom as LGBTQ plus people. And what they did back in 1969 at the Stonewall Inn, stand up to the police, fight back, they did that because they had to. Because they were sick and tired of being treated like second-class citizens. Because they had nothing left to lose. Just as many black people across the United States right now are sick and tired of the treatment they're receiving. Perhaps they too feel like they have nothing left to lose. Now, protesting in any situation can be dangerous, and I have so much admiration for those who are literally putting their physical bodies in the firing line right now. I'm not sure I could do that. But as you know, we are all different, and we all possess different strengths and different types of courage and different ways of protesting. And for me, it's about education. I know that I can use my skills and my privileges to educate, to try and make a difference. Because as a white person, I have to make a difference. In fact, I think it was Shea Coulee, a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9. She got it spot on when she said, this really is a white people's problem. It's not my job to stand up here and tell you how to fix it. Because I'm not the person who created it in the first place. You listening today, you might be a teacher or a carer or a parent or even just someone with a voice. And before I can go any further with regards to LGBTQ plus education, 
I need us all to be on the same page about this issue or as much as we can be, because like I said, maybe we can never fully understand, but at the very least we can try. So there you go. Thank you for being here for what is the very first episode of Equality Education. So I'm sure many of you are aware of the current protests that have been taking place in America right now. People of colour and in fact people of all colours in a number of cities across America have been taken to the streets to protest police brutality against black people. Now this is an issue which America has seen time and time again. A study from last year tells us that in the US, African Americans are two and a half times more likely to be killed by the police than white people. Now, on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, a 46-year-old African-American, was arrested by police outside a shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Footage of the arrest shows a white police officer kneeling on a distressed Mr. Floyd's neck while he was pinned to the floor. I can't breathe, Mr. Floyd said repeatedly, pleading for his mother and begging, please, please, please. The prosecutor's report claims that for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, the white officer kept his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck. About 6 minutes into those 8 minutes and 46 seconds, Mr. Floyd became non-responsive. And in videos of the incident, this was when Mr. Floyd fell silent and bystanders urged the officers to check his pulse. One of the other officers checked Mr. Floyd's right wrist but couldn't find a pulse. Mr. Floyd was eventually taken to a nearby medical centre in an ambulance and was pronounced dead around an hour later. All of this because he was accused of using a counterfeit $20 bill to buy cigarettes. And in all honesty, it doesn't matter what he did or didn't do. This is just sadly another example of how black people are being killed twice as much by police in the US. And we know about this one because it got filmed. This is what's happening and what has been happening for a long time in America. As Will Smith put it, racism isn't getting worse. It's getting filmed. After seeing that clip of George Floyd, I just felt ashamed and embarrassed to be white. That's honestly how it makes me feel. And now seeing the protests... Like I said, seeing the protests just makes me think of Stonewall Riots in 1969 when queer people had just had enough, enough of police brutality, enough of shame and enough of humiliation, and they fought back. And if they hadn't have fought back against the police on that hot summer's evening, queer liberation may not have happened. And look, I want to be completely honest with you. Listening to this episode today, you might be in a place where I was once upon a time, a time when I just didn't get it. Yes, I've always understood that racism exists and that it's awful, but there was a time when even I was like, but don't all lives matter? And that, my friends, is simply a lack of education, naivety and ego. Now, despite being gay, I still have many privileges. I'm white, male, cisgender, able-bodied, but I feel very lucky that I have had somewhat of an awakening which has changed the way I think and the way I work. And I believe it has bettered the impact that I'm able to have on the world. Now, I'm far from perfect and and far from, from knowing everything about this. And I probably will continue to get things wrong with regards to this issue, but that awakening really helped. And that awakening was thanks to some wonderful work colleagues that I once had. 
I'm going to take you back, back to before Pop and Ollie was my full-time job. And after I decided to stop performing, because if you didn't know, I used to be in the theatre and that's kind of how I got started creating content for kids. Anyhow, at this time, I had a little part-time job in a spin studio. No, I didn't teach the classes. I literally just worked front of house. You know, signing people in, making smoothies, putting away the stinky shoes. Yeah, it's kind of gross. But it was fun. And even though I sometimes had to start work at 6am, I, I used to really like it. And partly the reason was because, because of the people that I worked with. We were such a diverse bunch, such a diverse team. And I don't know whether the quads had planned it, but each of us seemed to be incredibly proud and passionate and educated in regards to our own identities, whilst also incredibly curious to learn about each other's identities too. So I would often find myself on shift with two girls who were both women of colour, Joe and Amber. I hope they don't mind me mentioning them. Um, all good things, Joe and Amber, because they were awesome. They both had very different personalities, but they were both equally fun and equally smart, and they equally knew their stuff when it came to race issues. They each possessed so much information and knowledge, and they helped me to understand what unconscious racism is. They also provided me with a safe space where I could ask questions and not be judged. And I don't know whether they knew this or not, but they changed the way I thought about racism forever. So during that time, I don't know if you'll remember this, but back in 2017, there was some media controversy surrounding black trans model and activist Munro Bergdorf. She'd been dropped from a L'Oreal campaign after she wrote, as part of a Facebook post, all white people are racist. Now, that whole story really blew up. The entire nation were talking about it and I found myself unsure how to feel because I struggled to understand exactly what it was that she meant. Luckily, I had Joe and Amber who were more than happy to answer my questions and give me the education that I sorely needed. They explained to me that our society and so many societies around the world have been built by white people for white people. And that to me, a white person, there doesn't seem to be a problem because I fit perfectly into this white system. As a white person, even though I may have or may will experience my own hardships, I will always have a foot up the ladder because of the colour of my skin. Throughout history and for centuries, black people have been stolen, turned into slaves and considered second class citizens. Yes, we may have eventually had the civil rights movement and eventually changed laws, but it's kind of ignorant for any white person to think that these things alone will level the playing field. It's a bit like when straight people say to me, but you've got equal marriage now. You have the same rights as us. What more do you want? What do I want? As a gay person, I want to feel safe. I want to walk down the street holding a partner's hand and not fear that I'm going to get my head kicked in. Because that's the reality sometimes. That still happens and that's still possible. The playing field is not level. And the playing field has not been level for black people for centuries. And as white people, we think that because our laws are equal, now everything is okay. No. The effects are still in place and the effects are still at play. What Munro was trying to say is that as white people, we are unconsciously racist and we constantly benefit because the world we have built has been designed by white people for white people. Black people are forced to live in our heavily white cultured world and when they don't fit in 
as white people, we act like they are the ones who have the problem. And you know, this concept relates to so many other minority groups. As gay people, we have to live in a straight world. Disabled people have to live in an able-bodied world. Women have to live in a world made by men. Does that kind of make sense? As white people, we may think, and I know I used to, oh, skin colour doesn't matter. Everyone's equal now, right? Or I don't see colour. Well, that's not a thing anymore. (laughs) We have to see colour because we have to see the past and we have to acknowledge history. And if we are blind to it, if we are ignorant of other people's hardships, ignorant of our own privileges, then we will never be able to build a fairer world. I'd love to live in a fairer world where everyone is treated equal, where perhaps we can say all lives matter. But the truth is, in our world right now, we can't say that because all lives are not seen as equal. George Floyd's wasn't. Black lives are worth less right now. And that's why right now, black lives matter. And that's what we say. So yeah, something to think about. Before I end this episode, I'd love for you to take a look at something. There is a beautifully illustrated series by Courtney AHN Design on Instagram. That's her handle. And I think it perfectly explains white privilege. So please go take a look at this. It's called A Guide to White Privilege. If you can't find it, I will put a link to it on a PDF, which you can get at popanolly.com forward slash free hyphen resources. This illustrated series starts with a slide that reads, white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard. It means your skin tone isn't one of the things making it harder. Courtney then goes on to literally illustrate some examples of white privilege, like you are the dominant representation on all media. Products are designed for you first. You don't get harassed for existing in public locations. No one questions your citizenship and your actions aren't perceived as those of your race. In another slide, she further illustrates the wealth gap between white people and people of colour and how black graduates are twice as likely to be unemployed, how black Americans are 30% more likely to be pulled over, that black students are three times more likely to be suspended, four times more likely to die from childbirth, and shown 18% for your homes. She also explains how this is only a small part of the oppression. So yeah, please check that out, because it's really well done. Yeah. And stay educated, because being educated is the first step to making the world a better place. I hope this episode has helped you to understand a few things. I'm really looking forward to exploring more topics like this with you. The next few episodes will predominantly be LGBTQ plus based because that's my thing. But yeah, this was far too important right now to not start with this. So thank you for listening. I'm honoured that you did. And um, I'll see you next time. Take care. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Equality Education with me, Ollie Pike. Please remember to subscribe and download this episode. And if you can, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Thanks.